uh, welcome back to the Replatform podcast. It's myself, James, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Paul Rogers. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? Yes. Yeah. A bit delicate after a, uh, a Zoom quiz last night. My head is a little bit sore, but uh, much better than it was an hour ago. God, I managed to avoid those quizzes this lockdown. Yeah, I had done for months, but then it resurged uh, uh, last week. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I might, might have to lock down the quiz. Um <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you listening, we are speaking to Shopware today, so we're coming back onto our kind of platform technology theme. We caught up with Shopware at the, towards the end of last year after they'd launched their new version 6, which was a complete re-architecture, moved to an API-first platform, which is a really interesting development in, in Shopware's kind of um, uh, technology approach and, it, and its uh, market offering. So what we wanted to do today is catch back up uh, with the Shopware team and look at where Shopware's gone in 2020 with, plat- uh, with the version 6 of the platform, what's been happening around its PWA framework, and get into some of the more technical discussions uh, around what sort of benefits and improvements it's been delivering to clients on the new version of the platform, as well as the, the new cloud uh, option that's been launched. So really delighted to, to welcome Sander Mangel from, um, from Shopper, who's a e-commerce solutions architect. So good morning, Sander. How are you? Good morning. I'm I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really appreciate you taking the the, the time out. And I believe you're joining us from a much sunnier place. Where where are you based now? I'm based in Florence, Italy. It's it's relatively sunny. Uh, I can't complain, but it's it's cold. Yes. Well, we've got the cold, but not the sun. So you're you're ahead of us today. <laughs> don't worry. Right. Um. So yeah, what, before we start asking you loads of probing questions about the uh, about shopware and the platform and the roadmap, um, could you give an intro to our listeners? Yeah, what what's your role? What do you do at shopware? What have you been working on? Um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear a bit more from you. Sure. Um, so that's that's a question with a very broad answer, I guess. Um, uh, my role in shopware is, is pretty broad. Uh, I've I've joined them. About a year ago, as a as a consultant on, uh, I think both community as well as PWA, I have some experience in 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 the PWA space. Uh, having worked at View Storefront, which uh, which is an agnostic solution, um, had a had a chance to chat with 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 the, the uh, shopper, and and they asked me to to come on board part time to help them out with both growing the the community. Uh, which which they're doing uh, a lot this year, as well as give some input uh, based on on my experience uh, with with open source e commerce projects, um, and that has been a very exciting year. Um, Shopper has been, as you might know, very German focused in in the past, um, and they have been growing a bit in in the Benelux, so the Netherlands, and Belgium, and, and all that. But they really want to to expand uh, into the rest of the world. Um, so that has been very exciting to to build to start building that community together with with Shopper, and then on on the other side, um, we the, the the rollout of Shopper PWA has been has been very exciting. Um, I mean, it's it's very early days, of course, um, but but uh, it has a lot of potential, and and I've worked with it myself a bit, uh, trying to to build some small integrations, and it's an it's an absolute pleasure. So, and I'm saying that as a traditionally a PHP developer, so that that says a lot, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and that's one of the reasons we're really glad to get you on the, the, the podcast today because we don't just want to talk about the high-level piece about what it is, but we want to get into a bit more of the technical details. So we'll, we'll probe a bit later on around the whole PWA piece and what it really means to, to merchants. Um, but what would be really useful to hear is... So Shopware 6, some people will be aware of what that is. May, you know, a lot of people who were on Shopware previously on 5 will understand what the differences are. But for those new to Shopware, as you said, it's predominantly been a German platform, but it's been expanding across Europe uh, over the last few years and is starting to get a bit of a foothold in the UK as well. What, what, what has been the key changes, apart from the technical architecture, what are the key changes uh, around Shopware this year uh, you know, in terms of like features and capabilities? Right. So I think looking at Shopper 5, it was a very feature-rich uh, solution, right? A anything you wanted to do could be done in, in Shopper 5. That, that also meant it had some, some bloating issues. It, it had, it had some, some areas where the complexity was very high. Um, so in general, I think the, the biggest change between 5 and 6 has been that, that Shopper has decided not to rebuild 5 but to actually build a new solution uh, that is much more a platform to build e-commerce solutions on than more a uh, can-do-it-all solution to build a, a shop in. So it focuses more on, on giving you the tools to create those, those amazing shopping experiences and not, and not so much have, have an option that you can configure for, for any edge case that you can come up with. So I think that that has been the biggest change. And, and that also pays off in, in uh, less complexity in, in a more robust um, solution that, that is less likely to, to break. And I think that's something that a lot of uh, developers in the e-commerce space might, might recognize where you would touch one thing in your platform and then another thing breaks, right? That kind of stuff. So being more a platform, they, they try to eliminate that and then open up for, for an ecosystem of, of plugins, extensions, uh, services that can be uh, built upon that. Yeah, I, I think that's quite a nice distinction, actually, because you, you find this a lot working on different platforms. Uh, you release something and, and update some code somewhere and it has an un, unforeseen consequence elsewhere. And it's almost like this, this, it's like this great big ball of interconnecting points. And, and if you don't know how each of those points connects into which other points, you can cause lots of issues. Seeing that specifically on, on open source platforms where they've been extended so much and, and that's brilliant because you can extend it and make fit it around your business but then you make an update and something something fundamentally breaks um you know it turns off a data feed somewhere or it updates a data feed that's impacting shopping campaigns and you've suddenly got all these knock-on effects so i think that's quite an important distinction exactly and i think many of us have seen these projects where, where after 10 years of, of building you know on the single platform it's an absolute nightmare to be able to move that into any other solution so i think that that is something that that shopper 6 is striving for to keep it to keep it simple and you can see that in in their uh in their more basic offering right on github but also in their b2b suite it's it's less of a ready set of b2b tools or a b2b solutions more a set of b2b tools that you can use to to build a, a b2b solution so i think that has been a tremendous change and i think that that has also been a very powerful change in their in their approach 
And I, I think at the same time, it also makes it more accessible to, to a wider ecosystem. Uh, like I said, it was very German focused. And, and th this year they have been focusing a lot on internationalization and localization in their, in their platform uh, to make sure that you can have multiple currencies, that it works with different tax settings and all that. Um, right? and, and one of the challenges with going international, especially uh, um, globally, is the the idea or the and the context behind e-commerce is so different from country to country right what what might make sense in in europe the fact that you have uh you know cross-border trade and all that kind of stuff might not make sense in the us where uh, a lot of merchants are more than happy to just you know stick within their own country but there you have uh the tech situation from county to county that differs and and having a solution that that fits all of those scenarios automatically means you get a very bloated system while just building a platform that can possibly handle those uh, scenarios but but you know leaves it up to the ecosystem come up to come up with the solution i think th in my in my opinion makes a lot more sense that makes sense um so in terms of plugins and kind of modules around uh shopware um how many of the kind of bigger um, modules and third parties that are available for Shopware 5 have now um, been integrated with Shopware 6. I tried to get some statistics for you, but I sadly failed on that. That's that's on my <laughs> bed. Um, but it seems that so the more the more popular uh, plugins that were available in, in Shopware 5 have been ported. Um, so I think coming from the Shopper 5 space, you'll you'll find all the tools that, that you want to have. And then at the same time, we've seen uh, new players enter, enter the market. So for example, um, many might know Webcall. It's, a, it's a, an agency based in, uh, in Asia that have um, originally built plugins for, for Magento, WooCommerce and all that. And actually with six, they, they became very interested in also contributing to that space. So with them, you already see that they're pushing a lot of new plugins into, into the ecosystem. So it's it's been growing steadily. That makes sense. Um, and in terms of kind of the roadmap, is there, is and you talked about kind of moving to the more modular approach and um, kind of uh, operating more as like a framework than a monolithic platform. Um, but are there are a lot of features that are available in Shopware 5 that you're still planning to move over to Shopware 6. Is there still a lot of work um, to be done in this area? Or would you say like a lot of this is already, or a lot of the kind of core features that will be moved into the core of Shopware 6 have already been um, kind of finished? Yeah, the, looking at the roadmap, and it's it's actually uh, available on the on the Shopper web website. It it makes kind of a dull roadmap in the sense of features, because most of the features that have to be ported from five to six are already there. Like the B two B suite is pretty much feature uh, feature ready. Um, you know, all the big stuff that has been moved over, which means the roadmap is mostly focusing on on. Um, Product maturity, making sure that that um, any technical issues that might have come up over the last year are are fixed. It means that they're uh, investing heavily in making it more scalable um, and that kind of stuff. So, so in terms of um, of of roadmap, it's mostly investing heavily in in 
the in the technical maturity of the platform, which for for me is very excited uh, exciting as a developer, but you know uh, it might make for a less uh, visually appealing uh, roadmap for for merchants. <laughs> Um, that makes sense. And I guess outside of the kind of architectural um, improvements, are there any uh, kind of areas of the platform that customers and partners are really kind of pushing um, for improvements or any kind of net new features that people really want to see within Shopware? All right. So I think a lot of it is is around uh, internationalization uh, right, as, as we are moving into new uh, markets and new areas uh, globally you see that uh, people come up with with new integrations that they might need new ways of of paying that we might not be uh, accustomed to to here in, in in europe so i think there's a lot of push there on on the integration side um as well as as my, um, a lot of requests for migration tools from other platforms onto Shopware 6, which is also very interesting. Um, I think one of the more exciting features that is being built out uh, at the moment is, is the rule builder uh, and all that. So uh, Shopware 6 is trying to create a system, which they're already quite successful uh, with, but, but is trying to create a system where you can pretty much configure anything uh, in terms of promotion rules, in terms of how you display products and where you display products, but also in terms of how orders are handled to make those configurable and to make it a bit more plug and play. So um, really to 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 uh, make business logic more configurable, uh, which which should make it a very powerful solution for for merchants. Yeah, I really like the page. I mean, I already like the page builder in five. So it's interesting to hear that's being built out. It's, I guess it's an area that that people don't know so much about. Uh, you know, platforms like Shopify get a lot of credit for for uh, you know its kind of flow capabilities. Um, but Shopware, as I saw, was, was broadly comparable and was definitely quite an easy way to set up uh, more complex logic in terms of when you wanted to trigger certain behaviours on the site. So good to hear that that's expanding. And I'll definitely recommend people to take a look at it because uh, you know, one of the big challenges people have on platforms is not being able to, to configure things and having to be reliant on code and development work in order to make any changes. Um so moving on, the key area that I really want to to uh, to get into a bit more detail on Sander is around PWA. So most a lot of people um, listening will know what PWA is. For those who don't, progressive web app. I will let the technical expert on the call explain better about that than I can. Um, your PWA framework for, for version six is relatively new, so I'd love to hear first of all, like what drove the need to provide a PWA solution? Right, good question. So I think. In general, the answer is we, we didn't per se need a PWA front-end, uh, but it made sense to have it. Uh, Shopper 6 has been built from the ground up being a, an API-first platform. Um, and one of the of the great things you can do with, with an API-first platform is, is build this headless front-end. I think for that, we need to take a step back and, and look at what we actually mean with PWA, which is uh, PWA itself is just a couple of 
uh, tricks you can do with a website to make it, uh, you know, give the manifest, uh, make it installable on the home screen and that kind of stuff. But what we generally mean with, when we say PWA, it's like this single page application that doesn't need a page refresh and can still fetch data from, uh, from a backend and caches that very well. So we can even have some offline pages and, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, it's a bit going back to the to the uh, flash websites we we had a decade ago, I guess. Uh, but it's it's this much more more uh, um, presentation heavy side of 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 the front end, right? It's it's JavaScript application that we're building, and for for that you need a very strong API layer that 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 delivers that content in a very efficient way and makes it cacheable and all that. Uh, so that's that's what we have been building on, uh, part as a as a showcase for, for the APIs, part as a proof of concept for the APIs, and part also to give a tool set to, to our developing community to actually build all these amazing uh, uh, front ends. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you should build a full headless uh, solution, but it means that that you can use parts of the technology that we're, we're creating to, to improve uh, your project and to make it easier to, to sp um, spin up. Um, so building our uh, PWA front end might mean that you actually don't use most of it, but only use the SDK part that actually integrates with the APIs and um, build your own Gatsby front end, for example. So it's it's by no means that we're we're trying to move everyone on the same shopper PWA project um, and and tell people to use just that. We're we're hoping this this inspires people to to build their own solutions and innovate around that, and then hopefully also contribute back to the community by by open sourcing that work. Have um have you seen a lot of adoption of this so far? Like have a lot of people starting to use it. It's it's very early days. It, I think the more stable release was was earlier this year. It's a, it's a very new technology. It it also requires a new set of traits, right? You're you're not a um, PHP and HTML developer anymore. You have to be a, a Vue.js developer. I think it's it's somewhat out of the comfort zone of of most of the uh, shopper. Uh, agencies, right? It's it's something new. Um, where I, I mean, I used to be proud of the fact that I could do a bit of JavaScript, which meant I could do jQuery. But that's that like comparing jQuery to to Vue.js applications. That's, that's a wildly different uh, set of skills you need. Uh, so it's um, we have seen a lot of uh agencies adopt this we also have seen a lot of new agencies coming into the space that have more uh, a javascript background and now picking this up um but it has been going slow so we now see the first cases coming online and actually there are a couple of very exciting ones that, that just went live but but they're all still in a in a soft launch or a closed beta launch and not ready to communicate uh, the launch just yet, so I'm I'm really hoping that over the first quarter of the next year we're going to see some amazing cases actually being public. Okay, and um, and you mentioned about the kind of um, uh, the kind of difference between the tech stacks and and Vue.js specifically. What made you go down that route? What made you choose Vue over something like React? Um, yeah, or some of the other frameworks. 
right? So I think that's that's twofold. First, shopper wants uh, shopper six wants to have a, a, a low learning curve. It has to be easy to get started with Shopper 6. And, and you can see that from the tech stack they, they chose, right? There's Symfony in there. There's uh, a, a basic uh, database structure with MySQL. It's it's all quite approachable uh, for, for their traditional front end. They use Twig. Um, so it's already tools that, that we know and that we're working with. And then when you're looking at, at front end frameworks, um, I think Vue really managed to keep it simple. Um, being mostly a PHP developer, I still got the, the the concepts behind Vue, and it was relatively easy for me to to spin up my first uh, simple uh, uh, Hello World projects. Let's say it. Uh, so I think that that really fits well with the kind of uh, stack that 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 Shopper has been building over the last few months. And then second. Building a PWA frontend is is not easy, and building building a PWA frontend that is open source and that has to be adopted by by hundreds or thousands of developers is 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 so much more complex. So Shopper knew that that it couldn't just do it uh, themselves. So they started to look around who who already did that, and actually they ended up talking to Vue Storefront, who already built a couple of Shopper. Uh, or PWA projects on on various e-commerce platforms, including Shopper Six. Uh, so they actually uh, collaborated with them to to build this this PWA frontend. And if you store from being in view, it made a lot of sense to continue that that tradition uh, and not look at any other um, framework for that. Yeah, we had them um, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. That episode's coming out oh, um, over the next kind of week or two. And I think, yeah, they've been, um, it's really impressive how much they've grown. I was going to ask about that relationship. Um, in terms of content management, so with the kind of PWA stack, I guess, how easy is it to um, add in a content management system or headless CMS um, versus also um, in the future using Shopware's own CMS? And kind of what do you expect an average tech stack to look like on the front end? So. Right. So, looking at the the, the shopper CMS right now, um, everything is available in Shopper PWA. So you have the shopping experiences, right? The, the pages, uh, the blocks, the you have the products, the categories, and so on. So you can already build uh, a very feature-rich and experience-driven front-end in in Shopper PWA. Um, but yeah, having, having a headless front-end, it makes a lot of sense to to also look uh, outside of just the shopper stack, right? Maybe have a, a contentful as a CMS, or or um, you know use I don't know, Prismic or, or whatever as a, as a solution. Um, I think it it opens up uh, the the space mostly for for marketing departments to start more easily integrate their uh, their way of content management into uh, the front end directly. Uh, so I built myself a, a small plugin in Shopper PWA a while back, uh, integrating a, a hypothetical uh, product recommendation API uh, just to see how much work it would be. And traditionally, you would integrate that into Shopper and then store it in a database and then kind of feed it into the into the front end and uh, expose that. Well, right now, I, I don't even need to touch the, the, the Shopper backend, I just, I integrate um, 
the SDK of that product recommendation engine. And I use the, the UI library that Shopper PWA already offers me to, to show those products. So actually it, it requires me to do very little integration work. It doesn't require me to write anything to database or whatever. And it doesn't require me to do any styling or, or whatever uh, to actually integrate this kind of stuff. So I think we're, we're going to see a lot more very shallow integrations with tools that actually don't really touch Shopper 6 as a backend, but just integrate very loosely with, with the front end. I think th that is one of the bigger opportunities uh, that, that should be especially uh, exciting for, for merchants and, and marketing departments. One of the key things that, or one of the, uh, the the big benefits that's always sold around like single page applications and specifically PWAs is, you know, it will speed up your website. Your website will come lightning fast compared with 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 standard like front end implementations. Now, I'm always skeptical about claims like that because you can implement it well or implement it poorly. And I've seen SPA implementations where actually the core page um, speed, like things like Web Vitals metrics, haven't been that good because decisions have been made that have slowed the page down, you know, for example, product list pages pulling in far too much product data and therefore making it slower. So what I'd love to hear around the shopware PWA is, is how have you, how shopware approach speed improvements and like, have you, have you done any benchmarking where you've seen actually now it's, it's in a PWA that, that it's getting better speed metrics. Right. So I, the shopper PWA has not been built to improve speed. Um, okay. Uh, not saying that, <laughs> that we didn't improve it, but but already the the, the traditional front end, uh, if if caching was enabled and and maybe even using varnish was was more than performant, right? And and I I don't think in general PWA should be used as a solution to speed up your your web shop because it's probably there's there's more likely an issue that you're having, right? Uh, there, there's a reason why your web shop is is slow. So maybe address that first before you slam on some PWA. Um, in general, um, to, to make a PWA fast, you need to keep down the size of the bundle uh, and you need, to, you, you need to implement technologies such as server-side rendering. So those we, we have covered, uh, that, that's already in place. I think the, the real real challenge will lay with the agencies who are, are who are actually implementing uh, this in their projects right because it's the the standard product is is fast enough but but it's it's up to the agency to keep it fast while they're starting to integrate uh, various components and various wishes of the of the customer so um, you know make sure that the caching is is done in the right way and and, and all that and I think that that also um, plays into the the, the the technical challenges you have with the PWA that you, you really need to understand um, how a single page application works and and where the where the pitfalls lay um, because at the end of the day we can make it as fast as we want uh, out of the box but you it still needs to be fast once you're done with integrating all the you know third party uh, APIs and all that um, sadly, we didn't have any cases yet where they used to be on Shopper 5 or 6 traditional frontend and now are on PWA. Uh, we've seen mainly uh, PWA projects coming in from other platforms, so we haven't had that kind of a benchmark yet, but uh, I'd love to see it. Although, again, I, I don't think per se that, that speed is the, is the biggest uh, reason to choose for PWA.
I think that's a really nice um, point to make, though, because I, I sometimes feel that for the non-technical audience, and I consider myself non-technical, even though I do understand the technology, is, is the, these things can often get marketed in a misleading way, which is, oh, you know, your site's really slow, you need a PWA, but actually you haven't addressed, as you were talking about, all the server-side issues or the configuration issues and integrations that will slow the pages down by bloating it with, with too much data. So I think it's an important thing that PWA isn't in itself going to solve all your speed issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of websites do very well and once the marketing department is is done with with implementing their hot jar, uh, Google Tag Manager, optimizely and what have you, and, and I don't know pop up libraries and all that, you know, it it, it ranks maybe forty on on the light speed score. So um, uh, it's I think performance is is generally something that the whole organi- organization should be involved in um, and should be evaluated at any turn in project. Yes, yeah, hundred um, percent. So, it, it, you know, from your viewpoint, what are the key benefits that the PWA approach brings to to e-commerce merchants? Taking speed out of the equation, what what are the key things, whether it's technical or business efficiency based? Right. So, I think the first one is is the ease of integrating uh, uh, external services. Right. You, you, uh, you can take any anything that has an, a, JavaScript, a JavaScript SDK available. You can you can start to integrate that. Um, but I think the the bigger one is actually the the cost of ownership. Um, a lot of web shops are actually very heavy on the front end side, but but. Looking at the backend, they're they're fairly simple. They they maybe have one shipping integration. They have payments, but but that's about it. There's nothing else in there. So traditionally, you would need to have uh, you know a shopper or at least a PHP developer that would uh, maintain it, that would build in these integrations, that would expose the right data to the front end for the front end developers to work with. Um, now, what you can actually do is is have Shopper 6, have that run in the background, and then have a, a completely front-end oriented team that actually is building upon that because all the data in Shopper is available via documented APIs. So they don't need a backend developer anymore to develop all these, these beautiful features um, and experiences. So instead of finding a full stack agency, I can just look for, for an agency that maybe just knows Vue.js or is very, very oriented uh, towards the design and, and can implement that. And I think that's that's a big benefit that, we are, that we're actually opening up the ecosystem for, for new players to come in and, and develop on, on Shopper 6. I think that's that's one of the more, more powerful um, you know things that 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 shopper PWA brings to to, to the shopper six stack. I really like uh, the focus on community with shopper. I feel like it's already starting to pay off, and uh, obviously Magento did so well from that over the years. I think that's um, a really good investment on their part. Um, the cloud solution. So another big, um, I guess, um, new or a big move for Shopware was introducing the cloud solution. Um, can you give us a bit of an overview on what that looks like, kind of what the tech stack is, um, why you did it, and then also what type of businesses the uh, cloud offering suits? Yeah, so it's it's still Shopware 6, basically, under the hood. It's it's just Shopware 6 that is uh, that is running on, uh, on someone else's server, as SaaS tends to be. Um, I think the big benefit is that uh, Shopper is taking care of all the 
upgrades. Um, there are plugins that are curated, which can be installed. And then we're building out an app system, which actually uh, works based on Node.js, where you can extend Shopper. So uh, as you might imagine, it's, it's a bit hard to give you the FTP login of, of the SaaS uh, environment. So we needed to find a new way to for, for uh, extension developers to to interact with with shopper and uh, we ended up with this app system that uses hooks um, and Node.js to to kind of uh, tap into the potential of the of the uh, solution. Um, so that's being rolled out early next year, and then I think this solution is perfect for 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 those cases where where someone is looking for a, a no code or a low code solution, right? Um, you either are a small merchant that doesn't want to deal with with the bills of, of having an, an agency uh, perform maintenance every month, uh, and you're happy to have limited uh, a limited feature set, or you're you are an enterprise company that is trying to have a quick time to market. Right, uh, I'm launching a new brand or something like that, and and I do want to to release that uh, in 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 one month instead of in in a couple of months of building. Uh, and coupled with having a headless front end, it actually means that that we can now have uh, developers and agencies come in that that have zero experience with Shopper, and still be able to build this beautiful front end and then have shopper hosted so that that gives the merchant a, a great admin area a great capabilities in terms of 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 product management and and shopping experience to be built and the the agency doesn't need to be bothered with with the inner works of, of of shopper so i think looking at the bigger picture of of what shopper is trying to to offer this this solution that fits any any size of merchants i'd say uh, this makes a lot of sense um, with some of the other platforms um, that have gone from primarily on-premise to cloud, I guess support's been one of the biggest issues. Um, is all of this managed internally at Shopware, um, both from a kind of hosting perspective and a support perspective? Um, yeah. Right. So um, the the support on the application itself is is done by by Shopware. We we are the ones that you're you're talking to. Uh, when it comes to hosting, we actually went for platform SH, which seems to be an industry standard by now. Um, so they are taking care of all the hosting. I think that that makes sense to not try and do that yourself. Because that, I mean, hosting is a is a game on its own, right? And you you need that experience uh, on that scale to to actually be able to do that. Okay, um, and in terms of pricing for the cloud option, um, how does how does that work, and how does it compare to the standard uh, licensing model for using Shopware on premise? Right. So uh, the the cloud offering uh, is free, uh, and at some point you start to pay uh, per transaction. Um, the idea is that that if you're a small merchant, Shopper actually wants you to be able to start on on cloud for free and wants you to be able to to already see the benefits of of Shopper and tap into that ecosystem with the idea that as you grow, uh, you either move on premise or you grow in the cloud. Um, on cl cloud is definitely never gonna replace on premise because there 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 is a place for on premise. Uh, 
right? Even, even with all the popularity of, of SaaS there, there are hard limits to, to what it can do. And um, I don't think that will ever change. And I think that that is also a bit the, the difference between other SaaS providers or other cloud providers that, that the, the enterprise solution stays on-premise. And that's not something that the shopper wants to move into the cloud per se. So um, we have small packages, you pay uh, per transaction in general. And as you grow bigger, you'll be able to move on-premise and either go for the um, professional or enterprise package, um, which which you would host yourself at, this, at that point. Cool. Um, thanks for sharing that information. I guess I've got one one question um, related to, to the cloud, but also the, the overall discussion, which is, What's next? What's next in the roadmap? Is cloud a key area you're pushing, or is it about building out feature capability sets, or uh, uh, you know new integrations? Where what can people expect from Shopware in 2021? And what are you allowed to tell us, basically? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think in terms of cloud, it's going to be heavily focused on expanding that app system, right? Where where you can you can build uh, onto the cloud with with Node.js and um, I think in the future we will see that this app system will also come to the on-premise solution as it as it matures. Um, for shopware on-premise itself, I think upcoming year will will be fully on on product maturity. So making sure that the features we currently have uh, are are more well-rounded, making sure that that the platform itself becomes becomes ever more stable. Uh, and making sure that it's easier to to make integrations with with new providers. Uh, that's what we're seeing right now. That that moving into new markets, you have to make it easier for for uh, payment providers, for shippers, for whatever, uh, to to integrate into your platform. So I think those will be the the main focus points for for shopware. Cool. Um, that sounds like a good approach. Uh, Paul, is there any other questions you want to ask, Sander? Because I've, I've I, you know, I covered the key ones that I wanted to learn more about today, and I think we've we've got into some interest in depth as well around the technical side. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think um, the cloud bit's quite interesting, and I think um, a lot of the, well, it seems like a lot of the platforms that have started to build out cloud offerings have kind of gone down that route as their um, only or kind of primary offering, and I think that's quite interesting that you're kind of continuing to focus on um uh, on-prem which I which I like um, and is interesting but yeah I think you know so much interesting stuff covered in this um, episode and particularly the PWA and cloud side I think are really big new um, yeah things for Shopware that are really interesting to hear about. Yeah definitely and Sana thanks very much for coming on it's been interesting for us to get an update and hopefully the listeners have learned a bit more about what's happened to Shopware in 2020 what where version 6 has come on to uh, and understanding yeah, the the, uh, the the benefits of the new architecture and the PWA approach. So really appreciate it. If if people have um, more questions or they want to get into a particular topic in more detail, what's the best way for them to reach out to either you or to Shopware? Sure. So I think the the best way to go would be to the uh, Shopware community Slack, which you can find on our um, on our website. It's a it's a wonderful Slack community where you can ask questions and post random stuff. Um, and I can be found on Twitter at uh, Sandemangel. Um, yeah, or or on Slack, of course. Wonderful. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your partly sunny day uh, over in Italy. 
Thank you for having me. Cheers. 